you want to be in the category of a decision maker and not an order taker. You want to be the strategic partner that's helping them guide a growth strategy. And so really trying to meet people where they are and not avoid it, I, I think is really important. Welcome to another episode of the ROI podcast presented by the Indiana University Kelly School of Business. I'm your host, Matt Martella. Here on the show, our mission is to help organizations make better business decisions. So if this is your first time tuning in, we want to welcome you to our Kelly family and let you know that we exist to help you and your organization grow. So if you're an organizational leader who's looking for some advice on maybe a leadership topic you're wrestling with or you have a situation in your office you'd like for us to do a topic on, maybe you'd like to get a hold of one of our faculty and pick their brains on some research or what's happening out in the business world or you know of a great individual who's going to make an awesome guest for our show. Send us an email to ROIPod. That's R-O-I-P-O-D at IEPUI.edu. So it's great to see a lot of organizations being able to open back up across the country and around the world. And we see the economy kind of getting back to some sense of normal as we go through. But there's still a lot of pieces to pick up and a lot of organizations that are still trying to get back to a sense of normal. However, it's it's kind of inspiring some thought as to what's going to happen in the next crisis. How are organizational leaders going to prepare, you know, when we do get through this for the next thing um, that happens? And that's what we're going to focus on today. I am honored to have on the show Jim Huffman, CEO and founder of Growth Hit, a conversion rate optimization agency and best-selling author of The Growth Marketer's Playbook. Jim, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Matt. Pumped to be here. Uh, so first off, you know, talk about your organization and then how it was impacted by COVID. I have a, a marketing consultancy agency called Growth Hit, and we're essentially an outsourced growth team. Like, you know, if you need a head of growth, you come to us and, and we focus on conversion rate optimization. So all that expensive paid traffic people are sending to sites, we're trying to optimize it to get the best ROI. And just in the past 12 months, you know, things were really starting to look pretty good. We, we kind of went all in on processes and systems and, and niching down. And we were hiring a team that I was like beyond excited about because they were better at my job than I was. And, and we we're getting to a fun phase where it's like, wow, you know, we, we have something that's working. We're, we have happy clients and we're starting to find a way to scale this thing. So, you know, in January, February, I'm looking at 2020. I'm like, Oh, this is going to be a banner year. You know, this is going to be fantastic. And going into March, we're actually about to make two other hires and um, the clients were looking good. We had a really nice pipeline. And so I'm literally, you know, we're about to make these, these hires. And then as we all know, like, March hits and it's just, you know, puts you on your heels that it just really knocks you back. And so with us, we had a lot of things not working in our favors. Like we're not employees of companies, we're a consultancy, right? The other thing is a lot of our clients maybe just raised a round of funding. So they're a little shaky with their cash reserves in general um, because their burn rates can be pretty high. So it's just like not a good recipe when so many companies get hit by COVID where they're like having a huge impact on their business and they have to look to make cuts 
we're essentially at the top of the list. So I, yeah, we kind of mentioned, like I wrote this, this blog post talking about like the hardest day of my career, because essentially in 48 hours, we lost over half of our business. So we were approaching, we hit seven figures in annual occurring revenue. And then in 48 hours, it's like two years of work just like evaporated, you know? And so you're like, oh, wow, like you're running the numbers and you're like, man, that is quite a, uh, a dive down to the X axis of the, the bar chart. <laughs> and I can't imagine. So talk to, you know, what that was like for you as an organizational leader, when you see half of your revenue plummet within two days and how you, because you know, your whole team's kind of rallying on you for hope for you, for direction, you for, you know, what's going to happen. You know, how do you make sense of that and keep yourself grounded in those times? Well, first you're in denial, like when the one client, you know, needs to pause and work, like, oh, that's just one that's fine. And then when two, three, four hit, you're like, okay, this is a trend that I do not like. But but it makes sense because a lot of these uh, companies are in industries that were very much exposed. If it's like, you know, e-commerce, Shopify brands that aren't essential products, it hurts. So like right away, I kind of started doing like, as, as I kind of got through the, the wave of shock, you're, you're playing a, a game of math. So the first thing I'm asking myself, like, what is the current snapshot of my balance sheet? You know, what is our monthly burn rate? And then what is our monthly income? And then like, what is the difference in that? And the only lucky thing I had is that we hadn't made those two hires because we were already overextended as a team where like we we're over capacity so as we're losing clients, it, w- it didn't hurt us as bad because we were overextended. I think if I would have made those two hires, it would have been much more difficult. So we're doing the math game, right? Um, and then right away, it's like, okay, where are we at You know, from a burn rate? And like, how much money would we be losing each month? And then how much am I as a business owner willing to get into my cash reserves? The second thing is, okay, you know, let's look at our existing pipeline. Who's in industries that are growing that we need to double down on these other ones that, you know, we probably need to go on hold. And so that list was very short. We were fortunate that we're two online education platforms, just by luck, that we were already talking to that that ended up kind of working out. Um, but beyond that, um, we then, the other thing is, I think whenever you're going through these situations, you have to I don't know, you're kind of naturally inclined to like try and make decisions yourself. Like, oh, it's all all on me. I got to figure this out. I was like, you know, I should probably do the complete opposite. And who are the smartest people I know, whether it's like mentors or advisors, and let me get advice from them. And so I decided to be extremely transparent. I I, um, had like four people whose opinions I really value. One was an executive coach. One was kind of a mentor. And another one, I call it like... um, an older founder, but not like an older founder in the sense that they're older than you, but like they've been in business longer than you. Even if it's just a year, they can really help you navigate these things. So I did calls with them. I laid out my financials, laid out the situation and got some really good advice on the plan I was laying out and then what they did or didn't like about it just to kind of stress test it. And then also with my team, I decided to over communicate because, you know, they're, they're, they're not dumb. And if they see all these clients going away, the immediate question is, what about me? Right. Cause that's what I'd be asking if I'm working for somebody. And so um, once I kind of knew the status, I wanted to be transparent with everybody because I wanted them 
focusing on getting us out of this hole rather than focusing on their own issues. So that's kind of our, the state of mind of like myself and the team and what we were thinking through. And the other thing is, you know, my goal was to close new business and quickly. And before that we were thinking we need scalable, repeatable ways to grow. And now I'm like, forget that. I don't care if it's scalable. I care about immediacy. So we like lean into some, some non-scalable tactics that we can get into as well. But um, overall, that was kind of how um, I was thinking through this and then throw in some sleep, sleepless nights of me waking up and doing mental math in my head, trying to figure out how, how we're doing. Sure. I mean, because you, you kind of have to at that point when you're thrown into, into chaos and you're thrown into a crisis, there's no other choice but to react. And sometimes you just have to fight dirty in order to get yourself out of a situation, not looking at long term or just trying to stop the bleeding, you know. And then, you know, <laughs> talk about how in the midst of all this chaos, then you actually get COVID. So talk about that and how that impact, impacted everything. Yeah, the icing on the cake, right? Well, well, first, like very fortunate that I'm not older, have respiratory issues because it could have been obviously so much worse. But I, I had been doing some some travel for work leading up to that. And, you know, I, I got home and, you know, it just wasn't feeling good. And then it just hit like a tidal wave. I, I'm one of those people that when I get sick, I kind of ignore that I'm sick. I'm like, oh, I'll be fine. It'll heal itself. But it just I hadn't gotten the flu in the wild, but it was like the most epic flu, right? Where it just knocks you out. I couldn't be awake for more than two to three hours. It did come and go, at least for me, fairly quickly, like um, over three days. But I also got a splitting headache. And then fortunately, I also got my wife sick. She lost like her sense of taste. And so, uh, yeah, it, it ripped through our house uh, quite aggressively. And so like, I'm, I'm not feeling good under the covers, getting these email bombs of clients essentially breaking up with us. And it was just, uh, yeah, it, it was uh, an interesting week. Sure. And I mean, it's not like, you know, you work as an, in an organization, a larger organization, and you know, a lot of people get the time off, you get, you know, certain benefits to being under an organization. However, when you're leading an organization, unfortunately, you really don't get a choice uh, to take time off. I mean, you, if you're not there and you're not making decisions, you know, the business is kind of halted. So, so talk about, you know, even in the midst of being so sick, how you uh, worked and, and led yourself uh, to make decisions or how you communicate, you know, talk about, you know, that, that mindset of when you weren't there, the thought of you not being there and how you had to keep the business running also while trying to help yourself heal. Yeah. Right. That's, that's the bummer of having a company. You don't get any paid time off. Right. And it's, you're, you always have to be on literally the only fortunate part of it is that it, it happened going into a weekend where like it, it started on Thursday and really hit, on Friday. And so like that Friday I was, I was done. And it's funny because usually I, I think people like when your back's against the wall, you want to fight and do a bunch of stuff. But I was like, I'm done. I can't even think through this right now with, with a clear mind. So I, I literally didn't do anything that Friday um, and did like a, a small call with my team. And I had no answers. You know, it's like, I, this is what's happening. I'm processing this and let's talk on Monday as I'm literally just trying to get better over the weekend. Um, but I do think that time allows you to gather some thoughts and just think through like, how should I even be thinking about this? For, for me, I was also just interested in kind of the case study aspect of it. You know, 
this hasn't happened before, like, you know, COVID, but there have been big downturns. There have been huge hits to the economy in the form of recessions or depressions. And what companies emerged from that and what did they do? Um, and so there's a book called Scaling Up and they have like five C's of managing in a crisis. And I, I'm a big fan of framework. So I was kind of exploring that just to like, how should I be approaching this situation? Because it's very much new to me. So, you know, now I would love to kind of switch gears because here you guys are on the tail end, you know, feeling better. Uh, you know, you got through you having COVID working still, I'm sure, through, you know, kind of getting back to building your business and getting some of that momentum. You know, as we start as you start looking as an organizational leader toward the future, you know, talk about, um, you know, some places you wish. Let's start with where you wish you could, would have prepared better, um, you know, now that now that we're kind of coming out on how, you know, you uh, would have loved to coach yourself before this crisis to kind of get get yourself ready. Yeah, that's a good one. I, I think one of the first ones is, you know, with any bootstrapped business, um, it's a question of risk tolerance when it comes to your financials. So one thought is, you know, how much of cash reserve should I have in the bank? Like one thing Bill Gates did when he was in Microsoft was like, I always want a minimum of 12 months, like one year of cash reserves in the bank to pay for everybody. Um, and with agencies, you know, some agencies that are in hyper growth mode, I mean, growth sucks cash. And so they're like, I'm comfortable being at like a month to three months of runway. And I, I, I was pretty good with our cash reserves to where it wouldn't just kill us. We weren't month to month. Um, but it's not something I was like super intentional about. But now even more, it makes me want to be extremely aggressive with having that, that war chest just to be safe. Um, and so it, it's put more of an emphasis on that. The other thing is just diversification around, you know, industries you're exposed to in your client base. Like I have one kind of friend who has an agency that's just focused on hotels and she lost literally every single client, you know? And so that, uh, I mean, you can't predict that stuff. Right. And so for me, it makes us happy. We're, we're fairly diversified with clients. And then the other thing is, you know, the, the team you're kind of going to battle with, you know, you want people that when times get tough, they're kind of in it and down to rally. And it definitely like shows character of people. And it, it made me like even more excited about the team that we had, but it just shows like how important culture fit is, you know, people that are really bought in. Um, yeah. So for me, those are kind of some of the things that I'm like, okay, that's what I want. I can even get to like how we acquire clients because that's a whole nother conversation as far as to be prepared for things like this. You've got to diversify how you go to market and how you get business because I relied, I do a lot of offline teaching and workshops and clearly that's not happening right now. And that was a great source of lead gen and even referrals. And that's good, but not at the pace we needed when you lose half your business. So we had to rethink how we go to market and acquire uh, new business and do it very quickly. And that's something, you know, I always seem to find uh, that that holds true is, I mean, crisis does make or break people, you know, and the people it makes, it, it makes them come together almost, you know, you, you, the same reason why, you know, this is a far stretch, but soldiers go to war and when they come back, the bond that they share in a brotherhood, you know, is is 
incredible because of, you know, the hell that they had to trudge through together. It kind of brings people together and in a sense, you know, makes people want to stay involved and stay, stay fighting, you know, so talk about, uh, you know, how in the future, how will your communication strategy look, you know, kind of put some critiques on where you feel you did great in communication and where, you know, if you were talking to an organizational leader who's getting ready to face their own crisis, you know, how would you mentor or coach them through, um, you know, how do you talk with your team as you're moving through? Yeah, no, no, that's a really good one. I I think one thing is I I do like the idea of leaning into the idea of over communicating because if you have an A plus team, you need to set them on a path to deliver. And that also means giving them the right information you need or they need to, to give good results. And so I, I think being even more structured rather than ad hoc and impromptu in that could be good. And just having that muscle like working in general is, is really important, whether that's in the form of weekly standups or huddles or, or daily standups or huddle, huddles, weekly uh, strategy plannings and being focused on, you know, what is everybody doing to get the most of this? So I think that's, that's huge is the over communication side. Um, I also think like, you know, how like culture is this kind of warm and fuzzy thing, but like how you communicate or what you value in good times and bad is, is really important. And so one of the things I was defaulting to is, you know, we're going to get out of this. People remember the actions people did. If it's like, I got to lay people off, if I needed to take uh, salaries down or do whatever. And I, I was very intentional. Like, I don't want to touch anybody's compensation. I don't want to lay off anybody. I'll dip into cash reserves as much as possible and being transparent in that. But then by doing that, asking for, you know, that means like we all need to like hunker down and like do our part. Um, hopefully like setting that tone, like that's what we do as a culture, things that, that we're really invested in, that when we come out of this, people would be very much like, okay, you know, I, I saw during the tough times, like the good side of the team, um, it makes the bond or like, you know, the company that much tighter, if it makes sense. You know, another thing um, that I think about, you know, when when you think when you're not in crisis and everything's going great, your appetite for risk becomes greater because, you know, you see you you see that, OK, we're growing at this rate. This is what our models are projecting that we're going to hit by Q2, Q3. OK, we could take on a little little bit more risk. Um, and, you know, and I'm sure when you when you have a high burn rate, you know, that comes out. OK, like we're we're going to be risky, a little more risky, too, with that in the hopes that it's going to pay out, you know, huge in the long run. So talk about now going through this, how, if any, has that impacted your view of risk going into the future and how will you just approach, um, you know, riskier situations? Yeah, it's funny because it's kind of um, done in two different ways. One is like as a business owner, I think it's an infinite game and the, the main goal is not to have to stop playing the game. Like I didn't want to have to shut down the agency and get a real job for me. I I didn't want to have that option. So in order to keep playing the game, that means you've got to have cash. You've got to have business coming in. And, and so my risk tolerance for what I invest in has gone down in the sense that I want to make sure 
I can always play the game. And so uh, like getting to that 12 months of cash in the bank is kind of the goal um, as opposed to doing like six months or something. Um, on the flip side though, you know, companies that have good margins, companies that have a healthy balance sheet right now have a huge opportunity to solidify relationships, to take market share, to go into different avenues. And that's something we're trying to do as well. So we've actually doubled our spend on advertising. Um, we've um, really invested in what we call account-based marketing. And so creating content for specific personas and specific industries to try and be thought leaders there and to really show what we know because we want to be top of mind right now. So as the market starts to turn, people look for, for partners like us, we want to be there. So we're trying to actually create more than we consume. And so I've actually, before I wasn't investing much in, in marketing as a marketing agency, right? We were like the, the cobbler with no shoes, but it's also showed me that like, we need to do that because we don't know, you know, how the market's going to react, but if we can always have, you know, a good, you know, flow of leads coming in, if we're always putting ourselves out there as thought leaders, that's going to snowball and it'll pay off. So we'll be prepared for, for any market. So it's actually made me want to invest more in that um, and take more risk in putting ourselves out there. And I know through this, like you said, your organization is totally reliant on customers. I mean, your revenue stream is, you know, solely clients. So, you know, in this time, I mean, being a marketer, being an organization that helps businesses grow and, you know, helps um, turn optimize their performances. Looking back, how do you engage with your customers when you internally, when you're going through, um, you know, a crisis organizationally, you know, what, what would you do? Uh, what, what advice would you give um, in, in the next crisis to keeping your customers aware? Like you said, over communicating with your team is very important, but then what do you share and how do you share with your customers to keep confidence that, you know, everything's going to be okay? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I, I think it's about leaning into it even more because specifically with our industry as, you know, consultants, you want to be in the category of a decision maker and not an order taker. You want to be the strategic partner that's helping them guide a growth strategy, um, helping them with customer intelligence to make strategic business decisions. So that if that's your goal as a consultant and you have this huge, like, you know, like tsunami of a wave come in, you don't want to avoid that and act like nothing happened. Instead, be like, okay, this has totally changed the business model. This has totally changed how we view growth. Um, let's work together to figure out what is that path forward. Because if you can lean into that and they're going to you for guidance, going to you for strategy, one, it can help you retain them. And two, when you come out of this, again, they're going to look to you as like, you know, they helped us through this. They're going to help us through that. And so, some examples like Social Fulcrum is a social ad agency. They did a fantastic job of doing weekly reports on here's how the landscape is changing for paid advertising. Here's what we're seeing across across our client base. And so we were trying to do similar things where, you know, here are ways to reposition your company's value prop during COVID. You know, you're, how can you be an essential product? How can you be a must-have? play up that you ship from the U.S. If you're about to run out of stock, that's actually an advantage because people are doing a lot of bulk buying. And so really trying to meet people where they are 
and not avoid it, I, I think is really important. You know, as you sit here and just really kind of begin to take in everything that, you know, your organization, including yourself personally, have gone through, your team has gone through, um, and how you guys are starting to, you know, find your lane again and, and hit that growth. You know, what wisdom would you offer an organizational leader who's just going to get started? You know, they're getting ready. You know, how how would you lead a conversation with them in regards to, you know, go out there and, and, and change the world with your business and at the same time prepare for times when a storm comes? Because there will be a storm at some point. It's just a matter of, you know, when, not if. Yeah, I mean, it totally depends on the context of their goals and what they want to do if they're raising a lot of money and they're trying to be like this next unicorn that's that's uber or if if it's more of the slow grow play um but but i think it's like if you want to be in the game it's like you've got to make sure you have the resources to continue to play that game whether that's a stream of business coming in or the cash reserves built up because you know the we definitely glorified the the Instagram stories that like blow up and become a huge success. But the, the truth of it is, I think the slow grow play that's sustainable is the reality for most people that should be embraced. And so knowing that like it's it's a long road, but it's like super fulfilling. But in order to be fruitful along the way, you, you've got to have these little wins. And you've got to be able to, you know, weather the storm. So you've got to be prepared from that from a financial standpoint, from a team standpoint. Um, so I do think people that have gone through what happened in 2008 would have, with what's happened right now does allow them to see a whole other side of what can happen um, that could be to their advantage. And I think, you know, as we wrap up, it's it's proven and it shows that, you know, the benefits of weathering a storm properly as an organization, you know, if you can do that, once you hit the other side and the economic growth starts turning up, man, you get to hit the ground running as an organization and explode way past your competition as they're still picking up the pieces, you know, being weathered enough, having the balance sheet enough, you know, making it through, you have that cash capital or in cash flow to be able to say, all right, let's turn on the afterburners because now it is a buying market. Uh, totally agree. Like if people can plant the seeds right now that could be very fruitful in six, nine, 12 months, you're going to look really smart. It's going to be fascinating to see. I don't know when the case studies will come out. It's in a year, five years, but the companies that position themselves right now to do something really, really special. Um, and so, yeah, def- definitely want to try and be one of those on a small scale, but, but yeah, there'll, there'll be some interesting ones. Again, Jim Huffman, founder and CEO of Growth Hit, a conversion rate optimization agency and best-selling author of the book, The Growth Marketer's Playbook. Thank you so much for being our guest here on the ROI Podcast. Awesome. Thank you, Matt. It's it's a blast and, and keep putting out awesome content. This has been another episode of the ROI Podcast presented by the Indiana University Kelly School of Business. I'm your host, Matt Martella. Here on the show, our mission is to help organizations make better business decisions. We'll see you next week.